Hi, Idea family. This is Judy Minnick, and I'm part of Idea's publications and content team. Welcome back to a new episode of Idea's Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only audible CEC program. This Listen and Learn features a lot of variety for you. We'll start with an in-depth dive into how to seek relief from digital distraction. This article was first published in the 2020 May-June issue of Fitness Journal, and after more than two years of pandemic screen time, it's more important than ever. It was researched and written by award-winning author and fit pro, Shirley Archer Eichenberger. Then, we'll explore some topics from our Food for Thought column from that same issue. This comes from another Fitness Journal favorite and award winner, Matthew Cady. This episode contains information that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 approval agencies, including ACE, NASM, APA, ACSM, and NFPT. In order to claim your CEC, you'll need to pass a short quiz. It's available for purchase in the Idea Store. Look for the link to the quiz in the show notes. And thank you for listening. At the end of the episode, I'll provide you with a coupon code to get 20% off the quiz. Of course, if you're an IdeaFit Plus member, no worries. This quiz, like all our CEC quizzes and courses, are offered to you free of charge. Let's get started with getting relief from digital distraction. Trainers reading texts while clients perform reps, a member talking loudly on her phone about her party exploits the night before, someone's phone buzzing in yoga class during deep relaxation. These examples of smartphone use in gyms and studios are all too familiar. According to a recent study reported in BMC Psychiatry, about 25% of young people use their smartphones in a way that has detrimental effects on mental health and is consistent with addictive behavior. Study author Nicola Kalk, PhD, said, we don't know whether it's the smartphone itself that can be addicted or the apps that people use. Nevertheless, there is a need for public awareness. This study focused on children and young adults, but researchers note that this behavior occurs even in older people. As fitness professionals, we face the challenge of competing for our clients' attention. People often have a difficult time focusing on the present moment and are unwilling to disconnect. Research reveals what neuroscientists and psychologists have identified about technology-addictive behavior and which activities can provide relief. As we explore information and tips for you and your clients, we'll start with a look at what digital distraction means today. Tech adoption is widespread and stretches across generations. The Pew Research Center reports that 93% of millennials 90% of Gen Xers, 68% of baby boomers, and 40% of the silent generation, those ages 74 to 91, own smartphones. Tablet ownership also spans generations. According to the U.S. edition of the 2018 Global Mobile Consumer Survey, adults check their smartphones an average of 52 times a day. Globally, 48% of adults state that they overuse their phones, but only 6% use screen time trackers. 
So what does the research say? Clearly, technology offers incredible benefits. Fitness technology alone can enhance training and support a healthy lifestyle with heart rate monitoring, unlimited data tracking, measurement toward goal achievement, movement analysis, virtual training opportunities, and more. At the same time, experts are concerned that overusing technology may affect our behavior and cognitive processes in negative ways, leading to a greater tendency to multitask, an inability to concentrate deeply, memory struggles, loss of social skills, and issues related to anxiety, boredom, and sleep disruption. Whether a behavior meets the definition of addiction relates to our ability to control our use of the activity and whether lack of control interferes with conducting a normal life. Study findings on smartphone addiction, similar to internet addiction, note its impact on behavior and psychology. Symptoms of smartphone addiction include, but are not limited to, the following. Checking a phone every few minutes. Reduced productivity, loss of attention, sleep problems, depression and anxiety, and an increased risk for accidents like falling, slipping, bumps, collisions, and traffic accidents. Part of the challenge is that individuals who design apps intend for them to be addictive. Cal Newport, PhD, author of Digital Minimalism, recommends removing apps that make money from your attention, eliminating those that you don't access daily, and keeping any others on your desktop. To do this, Newport recommends a 30-day decluttering phase in which you initially remove everything optional from your phone. He considers items optional unless their temporary removal would harm or significantly disrupt the daily operation of your professional or personal life. You then assess your specific goals and values and, after 30 days, restore only those apps that you determine are essential for accomplishing identified needs. In addition to conscious technology management, experts have defined exercise, mindfulness, time in nature, and time away from technology, think of it as a digital detox, as ways to moderate addictive tendencies. While most individuals do not suffer from addiction, a look at the research provides insight on how to experience relief from a 24-7 internet world. In good news for fitness professionals, research confirms that exercise can be an effective antidote, both physically and mentally, for people with smartphone addiction. A review of nine randomized controlled trials by researchers from the US, Canada, and the People's Republic of China showed that people addicted to smartphone use who participated in 12 weeks of exercise showed significant reductions in addiction as measured by withdrawal symptoms, social comfort, mood changes, and more. Notably, Individuals with addiction who engaged in exercise requiring closed motor skills improved more than those who did other activities. Closed motor skills are like those performed in the weight room, self-paced, always identical, and not dependent on the environment. 
Researchers suggest that one reason exercise is an effective antidote to excessive technology usage is that it activates similar neurophysiological pathways in the brain. Addiction to electronic devices is associated with dopamine release, which rewards the behavior and encourages loss of impulse control. Studies suggest that exercise also affects reward-based brain structures. One study linked regular aerobic exercise with improvements in executive function and impulse control. Another showed that exercise boosts cognitive function and reduces addiction-related craving and relapse rates. This study also found that exercise can improve mood and ease withdrawal symptoms like anxiety and depression. In this way, regular exercise participation may enable people to take time out from digital devices without experiencing excessive anxiety or boredom, the first symptoms addicts typically experience. Similar to an exercise intervention, mindfulness practice seems to be effective against addiction by improving impulse control and by relieving the anxiety associated with not having the continuous phone access. In a pilot study, a research team evaluated the effectiveness of a group mindfulness program on university students with smartphone addictions. They found that participants who completed the eight-week program significantly reduced smartphone use compared with control group members. Other studies on people addicted to smartphones have shown that mindfulness training can reduce impulsivity, anxiety, withdrawal symptoms, and inefficiency. In another line of research, scientists have been looking at whether spending time in nature can restore cognitive performance in people with attentional fatigue or information overload. In an analysis of 12 research studies, authors examined the effects of exposure to nature on cognitive performance. They found that cognitive performance improved in participants who spent time in nature, as opposed to in urban settings. Outdoor nature experiences provided the most benefit, but some benefits were observed even from viewing nature images or looking at scenery through a window. This cognitive benefit seemed to be independent of changes in positive or negative effect, like a happy or sad mood. So why is being in nature restorative? One theory suggests that it may encourage a stilling of the mind, that immersion in the multi-sensory natural environment helps people get out of their heads and engage directly in a captivating experience. Some findings show that a natural fractal patterns encourage wakeful relaxation. And another theory is that exposure to environments which signal an abundance of survival resources, like water, vegetation, and biodiversity, provide a motivational boost to the brain satisfying the seeking drive in humans and allowing it to rest. Here's something else to consider. A growing trend is to do a digital detox for as little as a few hours to as long as an entire vacation to manage overload from digital stimulation. Tech companies have responded to people's interest in limiting device time by offering features like screen time for the iPhone or digital well-being for Androids. In a study based on participant interviews and diaries, research examined the range of emotion experienced by travelers 
who participated in disconnected tourism. We found that some participants embraced and enjoyed the disconnected experience straight away or after struggling initially, while for others it took a bit longer to accept the disconnected experience, said study author Brad McKenna, Ph.D. Many also pointed out that they were more attentive and focused on their surroundings while disconnected, rather than getting distracted by incoming messages, notifications, or alerts from their mobile apps. The key is finding balance. After all, the challenge of integrating technology into our lives is here. The sooner we find workable balances that allow us to enjoy the benefits without feeling drained, the better. For some, Technological solutions work best. Apps that monitor and limit time and efficiency apps that filter and manage emails and notifications. For others, regularly scheduled timeouts are most effective. While we all must find our own best practices, here are some practical and research-inspired ways to boost attention and increase engagement with your clients and participants. Get personal. Allow a few minutes for arriving. Greet people by name. Take a moment to connect with them individually and with a few personal words, a look, a smile, or when appropriate, a touch. Boost mindfulness. Begin each session with a moment of mindful awareness. Invite clients to consciously arrive, draw attention to their breath, and scan their body. Direct action gently, but firmly. Clearly guide participants through starting exercise with specific instructions that require focusing on the task. Draw attention to feeling physical changes. Use cues to help people sense the weight of their body and notice changes with movement. Direct attention to changes in body temperature, heart rate, breath rate, and sweat as the body warms up. Use imagery or encourage imagination. Depending on the style of the workout, invite clients to imagine themselves in a particular situation. For example, during a cycling workout, ask people to see themselves pedaling and vividly describe the local terrain. Shift the focus from internal to external. In addition to coaching people to experience what they feel within, Shift the attention to external markers. For example, cue participants to listen to the beat of the music, or if you have props, ask them to feel the equipment in their hands. Integrate nature. Take workouts outside when possible, or try an outdoor warm-up. Train by windows if available. Incorporate nature imagery through posters or live screens, or add plants to the setting. And finally, create a smartphone policy. A smartphone policy in your facility can address issues of privacy, courtesy, and safety. Smartphones do provide many training benefits, and a ban on them is impossible to enforce. Remind your clients that exercise can refresh their ability to pay attention. Explain how unplugging can boost present moment engagement and share studies that show we're happiest when we're actively participating in exactly what we're doing. You may find that clients are more willing to unplug than you expected. All that's needed is a little encouragement and support. 
that concludes the first part of today's episode. Many thanks to Shirley Archer Eichenberger for her always excellent content. Next, we're moving on with five short and sometimes sweet items from our Food for Thought column. Number one, the new label lingo. Here's a novel idea to help people trim down their calorie intake. Just tell them how many miles they'll have to run to burn off that chocolate bar or slice of pizza. A review of 15 studies published in the Journal of Epidemiology and Community Health revealed that people ordered meals differently when foods were labeled with PACE information. PACE is the physical activity calorie equivalent. The study showed that people chose meals with nearly 65 fewer calories and ate up to 100 fewer calories when PACE labels and menus were used, as opposed to other labels or no labels at all. In other words, adorning food and drink packages and menu boards with the amount and type of exercise needed to burn off the calories might be an effective way of nudging people to make a healthier dietary choice that, over time, could spur weight loss. For instance, people might think twice about polishing off a bag of cheese puffs if they could see it would require 40 minutes of sweating on the treadmill to torch those calories. It's not yet clear how effective these labels would be outside of the laboratory, in real-life scenarios like restaurants, gas stations, and grocery stores. Plus, nutritionists will be quick to point out that a calorie count doesn't paint a full picture of the nutritional value of a food or drink. For example, 100 calories of fruit provides much more in the way of nutrients than 100 calories of cookies. Still, it shows in a very real way that you can't outrun a bad diet. Number two, eat healthy, save money. $50 billion. That's the amount of cash that healthier eating habits among adults could save the United States in annual health care costs associated with heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes, and other illnesses, according to a PLOS Medicine study. This works out to be about $300 per person a year, and that could buy a lot of kale. Number three, sleep tight on a healthy diet. For a good night's rest, keep the smartphone out of the bedroom and refine carbs off your dinner plate. Researchers analyzed information from food diaries kept by more than 53,000 older women involved in the ongoing Women's Health Initiative observational study. They found that those who ate larger amount of high glycemic refined carbohydrates, like white pasta and sugary desserts, were more likely to develop insomnia. The findings, reported in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, showed that consuming more whole grains, fiber, vegetables, and whole fruit was associated with fewer insomnia problems. When blood sugar is raised quickly by eating highly processed carbs, there's a subsequent insulin-induced drop in blood sugar. That can lead to the release of stress hormones such as cortisol, which may interfere with a good snooze. Number four, use less salt, keep the flavor. Starting in the 1960s, monosodium glutamate was demonized for causing headaches, flushing, and other symptoms lumped into Chinese restaurant syndrome. 
However, current consensus among researchers and the Food and Drug Administration is that anti-MSG sentiments are largely unfounded and that the glutamate-containing flavor enhancer is generally safe to eat in reasonable amounts. Investigators have consistently been unable to trigger reactions in most subjects with exposure. And now a new study published in the journal Nutrient and using data from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey suggests that MSG could actually make the typical American diet more healthy, not less so. How? MSG contains about two-thirds less sodium than a serving of salt. The study authors suggest that boosting the flavor of salty items like cured meats, frozen meals, and soups by replacing some of the salt with MSG could reduce the population's sodium intake by approximately 3% overall, perhaps enough to improve some health measures, including blood pressure. Among people who often consume products in at least one category that is normally high in sodium, like those cured meats, the addition of glutamate could reduce sodium intake by even more, 7 to 8%. Number five, the importance of vitamin D. If you train older individuals, it's a good idea to urge them to stay on top of their vitamin D needs. Research discussed in Clinical Interventions in Aging showed that muscle function, including strength, was impaired in adults 60 and over who were deficient in vitamin D compared with those whose levels were adequate. Maintaining muscle function throughout life is critical for healthy aging, promoting independence and mobility, reducing frailty, and lowering the risk of fractures from falls. More research is needed to determine what impact vitamin D has on muscle function in younger adults. Supplementation and sun exposure can boost levels, as can eating more fatty fish, including salmon, sardines, and mackerel. That concludes the Food for Thought portion of this Listen and Learn podcast. Many thanks to Matthew Cady for his expert counsel and fun writing. I hope you enjoyed this interesting variety of content in this episode and that you'll find it helpful as you continue to inspire the world of fitness. Quick reminder that this education has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. To claim your CEC, you'll need to pass a short quiz. It's available for purchase in the Idea Store. The link is in the show notes. Here's your coupon code to get 20% off the quiz. It's MJIFJ20. But remember that if you're an Idea Fit Plus member, it's completely free. So stay tuned. We look forward to presenting our next CEC Listen and Learn podcast soon.